The pre-med path can be super confusing. If you'd love some help on your path or on your applications, use the promo code PMY for pre-med years, PMY over at medicalschoolhq.net and get some help from some of our experts, former directors of admissions, admissions officers, other experts. We have a small team ready to help you today. Again, that's promo code PMY to get a discount on our services at medicalschoolhq.net. The Pre-Med Year, session number 380. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a very interesting episode today and very similar to one from, oh, when was this? Early January, where we talked about the importance of Spanish for pre-meds. The episode that you're going to listen today is another episode that I recorded for this soon-to-be-released Spanish podcast or Pre-Med Spanish podcast or Spanish for pre-meds, whatever we end up calling it. And the conversation that I have today is with Dr. Cheo Torres. Now, he is the Vice President of Student Affairs at the University of New Mexico, but he also teaches a few classes there, specifically a class for students during the summer, helping students understand traditional medicine and helping students understand traditional medicine, even in this big picture of modern medicine. And that's kind of what we talk about today. We talk about for you, the student who is on your way, hopefully to medical school, where traditional medicine fits into that world. And more importantly, how you as a future physician can really open up your mind to traditional medicine so that when patients come and see you, you are more open and more willing to ask the right questions to find out what your patients may be taking at home that isn't traditional or in in our world traditional, but in more modern medicine, right? The pharmaceutical world. And you may ask a question that will allow your patient to open up about uh, a plant that they are taking that may, that may have consequences to the other medications that you may want to prescribe. And so really the goal of this podcast is to, to understand culture and traditional medicine and, and why understanding someone's culture and, and where they came from and the medicines that they were raised with, how they may be different than what we use here in the States, but how it's important to understand that. And if you want more information from Dr. Torres, he does teach the class at the University of Mexico. We'll have links to everything in the description in our blog post at premedyears.com slash 380. And we will also have a link to his Coursera course, which is a free course, unless you want a certificate, but it's a free course on Coursera. If you just search for Cheo Torres, that's C-H-E-O. T-O-R-R-E-S. If you search for him as an instructor on Coursera, you can find that as well. But again, we'll have links to everything in there. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in and please stay tuned for our soon to be released as, as you're listening to this just yesterday, as, as this comes out, I had a long recording session with 
Dr. Patrick Ridge, who is my co-host on the Spanish podcast. Again, whatever we end up calling it. So stay tuned for that podcast. I'm excited to bring that to you to help you, number one, increase your cultural awareness around patients, especially those coming from a Latin country, and also to hopefully help you kind of get your foot in the door with speaking a little bit of Spanish. Obviously, we're not going to make you fluent Spanish speakers, but hopefully we can get you interested in it, and maybe you will go and seek out some more help to speak better Spanish with your patients. So without further ado, let's go ahead and say hello to Dr. Torres and and really say hello and have a great conversation with him. Dr. Torres, welcome to the Spanish podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm excited to chat with you today uh, on this. I, I call it the Spanish podcast. I still have no idea what we're going to really call it, but uh, well, it's good enough for now. Um, I'm excited to chat with you today as we have kind of thought about this podcast and what it is and what we want to get across to pre-med students and medical students and maybe other healthcare professionals that are listening. Uh, the original idea was we should teach Spanish in some way or another just to get people to to understand how to say hello and 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 really introduce themselves to patients. But then it started to grow kind of more into not just learning how to communicate in a basic way and and hopefully kind of get people interested to go and learn more, but also really understanding cultural differences and how that potentially can add a lot more value to patients and their healing and and wellness over time. So that's why I'm excited to chat with you and hopefully we can we can dive in and have some good conversation. But before we jump into that, I want to understand or I want to let the audience understand a little bit about who you are and what your background is. Okay, surely. Um, I'm an administrator and a professor at the University of New Mexico. I came to New Mexico uh, about 24 years ago from Texas. I was at Texas A&M Kingsville in South Texas. Mm -hmm. And when I was uh, an undergraduate student at Texas, I started at Texas A&I University in Kingsville outside of Corpus Christi. One of my mentors, one of my professors was uh, Dr. Stanley Bittinger, and he invited me as well as other students to travel to Mexico uh, to learn about the culture and the language of Mexico. And that one trip turned into 20 trips <laughs> after I graduated and my, I got married. My family joined me. We would travel all the way to the Guatemalan border. Mm. On one of our trips, he took us to a Curandero, a, a traditional healer's festival in the town of Espinazo, Nuevo Leon, Mexico. In this town, there were hundreds of healers. They didn't even call themselves curanderos. They called themselves materias, mediums, or cajitas, little boxes. And I met a gentleman, a, a healer, who had been a healer all his life by the name of Chanchito. His real name was Crescencio Alvarado. Well, I learned more about the movement of healers uh, that, that they were called Fidencistas. They, they, it was a movement based after the famous Nino Fidencio, who was the healer of healers in the 1920s. He died in 1938. And there were followers from, from the U.S. and from Mexico and, and from Central America. Well, 
that experience, that, that meeting of Chanchito lasted 30 years. Uh, I followed him. I became his assistant. I learned so much about him. Things that my mother could not explain, although she did a lot of rituals and, and used plants for healing, but she can't, couldn't tell me the reason. Chanchito could. I, I, I invited him to the university in South Texas, and then two, three or four years ago, I brought him to New Mexico. He was almost 90 years old. He passed away in 2018 at the age of 90. And that's how I started um, writing and studied traditional medicine, worked with healers from Mexico, uh, from South America, from Africa. And then I've been teaching a class at the University of New Mexico on this topic for the last 20 years. We're celebrating our 20th anniversary. Now I teach two online classes, credit classes, offer free Coursera classes that might be of interest to some of the students, especially pre-med students and medical students. And, and now we're looking at a certificate program, hopefully. And I'm offering, I will be offering two Spanish courses on this topic here soon. Uh, awesome. We're working on it. Yeah, so that's very cool. That, that's that's how I got involved in this topic of traditional medicine. Yeah. So I, I want to hit like the, the most controversial part of this, at least from, I think, a, a student listening to this who's in the States and someone who wants to go to medical school. They hear traditional medicine and they hear this curandero and, and healing with plants and they go, well, that's just... That's that's not real medicine. That's that's fake. And and why am I even going to listen to this? How do we, as a society, and especially kind of my role in this, and trying to open up students' perspectives, how do we help those who are going to be our future physicians in this country understand that when patients come to them with plants that they've taken with the traditional medicines that have been passed down through the families how do we get those students to understand that there is a valid reason to appreciate that to respect that to listen to the patients and try to build some bridges between traditional medicine and where we are going with with modern medicine i think you you you've mentioned uh, it's understanding and appreciation of what their patients are coming with. Uh, many of the uh, patients now coming from third world countries, immigrating to the U.S. are bringing some of their traditions with them, whether we like it or not. It's a matter of respecting and understanding. And also for their own uh, safety, we don't want the plants to interact with any modern allopathic treatments we give them. So it's a, a matter of, of um, and, and, and what I offer is uh, information so that they know their patients. And they're going to have a lot of patients that speak another language, mostly Spanish, but it could be Arabic, it could be Chinese, it could be whatever language they're bringing. Our country is becoming more and more diverse. And it's a matter of just uh, for information purposes, being a better physician uh, if they understand the culture. And also even some language. I know that we teach medical Spanish at our campus, and it's a very popular course. Uh, I'm, I support students and have gone with students to study abroad, especially in Mexico, where physician, uh, medical students, uh, not 
so much pre-med, but medical students go with us and they come back with a different appreciation of what they learn and also some basic medical Spanish. But here it's a culture. How do you teach cultural competency to medical schools? We think that we, we can offer a way to, to learn some cultural competence in some of our online classes that are free now. So it, it's it sounds like from a uh, an interaction standpoint, right? It's important to to have that cultural awareness to understand that that someone sitting in front of you, whether you know or don't know their background, is to potentially ask those questions to see if they are taking any sort of traditional medicines or traditional um, any sort of treatments that 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 may have been passed down through their families. But from a cultural awareness and a respect standpoint from the patient's perspective, how important do you think it is for the patient to really connect with that physician or provider, whoever's taking care of them, for the patient to understand that the, the, that physician is, is understanding of their culture and, and isn't just dismissive of, of it? Well, of course, uh, I think that they will have a better appreciation of their physician if the physician understands something about the patient. Now, we work with a lot of Hispanic physicians that understand this because they grew up with this. Mm -hmm. um, even some um, Asian uh, students that, that grew up with it or, or, or students from the Middle East that, that seem to understand some of the, um, the traditions Yes. And now they're future physicians, but some physicians don't understand much. Mm -hmm. But believe it or not, I, I lecture at the medical school, at the uh, physician assistance uh, program, mm -hmm. nursing school, and I'm well accepted. And I think uh, uh, medical students uh, appreciate this. And they are, they're pretty understanding, even medical schools. Uh, we did some um, rituals uh, for resident students, uh, a great number of resident students uh, last year. And it was quite a hit uh, because they, they seem to understand. I mean, medical schools have progressed so much and, and, and medicine has, but it's also on, uh, good to understand where the patients are coming from. So I, I think that they will be a better physicians if they have an understanding of, of who they're dealing with and the patient's background and culture. Yeah. What are some good questions do you think that are good to ask patients as a as a physician trying to build those initial kind of that building up that initial rapport having a new patient what are some good respectful questions that that someone can learn to ask well if, if it does if, if if the patient uh, doesn't know the language most likely they're coming from another country that that practices some traditional medicine. I think one question would be, are you using any medicinal plants? And if so, which plants are you using? Mm -hmm. and, and understand that you don't want those plants to interact with some of the medication that they're prescribing because some of these plants can be very strong yeah. and you could have a bad interaction between the plants and the medication that you prescribe. Uh, or, or just ask, I mean, what can you tell me about um, about your practice of traditional medicine, <clears throat> are you working with any healers? And if so, what is it that that uh, that they're doing, so so that you can have a, a, a better understanding of what you can prescribe this patient? Uh, remember, with with uh, some of the traditional medicine it's, uh, that that we study, it's it's holistic medicine, mind, body, and spirit, mm. um, and 
and some of the, the medications that the, the patients are taking may be, even though they're plants, it could be strong medication that could have an interaction with this patient. When it comes to to having those discussions, potentially, if the physician is aware of, of plants that a, a patient is taking and wants to potentially prescribe something that may have an interaction, do you think there's a, a good way to say, hey, like I, I, I know you've been taking this this medicinal plant or herb for a long time, but I need you to to stop because and and really trying to convince someone who who may be new to this modern medicine world of why you should take this pill instead of of the plants that they grew up with. I, I think it's 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 definitely uh, something that that should be done because you don't want the patient to be harmed. And I think the patients would understand. I mean, there's a lot of respect between patients and physicians. So, yes, definitely. Um, we do work with some physicians here, and, and they come to my classes, uh, or they take my online classes, and they learn about plants. In fact, some of the physicians may even say, you know what, I think continue taking your plant. It seems to be effective mm. um, if it's the right plant. Um, we we. A lot of the information that we get in traditional medicine, or some of it, is word of mouth. Um, and some of the people don't read about uh, the, the plants, and they may even be taking something for the wrong usage. Mm. Uh, but now we're beginning to do more research. We're beginning to study the plants. We're beginning to, to do more than any other time, I believe, in the history of traditional medicine. Yeah. Um, We'll call it integrated medicine. And in fact, uh, for a while, we were calling this uh, alternative medicine, complementary medicine. Now we call it integrated medicine or functional medicine. Mm -hmm. um, but in addition to plants, we, we discuss rituals uh, that are, have been practiced for years and why these rituals are effective. Even laugh therapy, we've studied laugh therapy. The, <laughs> the, a lot of the healers were using laughter for, th for, for, for therapy. Think about it. And yeah. now physicians are saying laughter is good. It produces endorphins, the natural painkiller. It, it suppresses epinephrine, the, the stress hormone. Uh, those basic things that, uh, Jesus, that now we're realizing are good for you. Healers were using for years. Yeah. You can't, you can't sell laughter though. So a lot of, a lot of skeptical people are like, but, uh, you can't, you can't uh, prescribe and sell laughter. So how am I going to make money with that? <laughs> but, you, but you got people like Patch Adams, a physician that goes around the hospitals yeah. making kids laugh. I've met him. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You bet. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a, a lot of things are that now we also bring in back the traditional sweat lodges that mm. we call in Spanish temascals. Um, a lot of people that have behavioral health problems uh, or or maybe on 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 drugs uh, are finding it very therapeutic. You you sweat out your toxins, you do ceremonies, you talk about your problems, and we've we've built about three or four uh, traditional sweat lodges in in Albuquerque area. The Native Americans have been using sweat lodges for years, yep. and now we're realizing how therapeutic it could be. Yeah. Um, Different forms, it's different forms of, uh, of healing the body. Uh, we talk about energetic cleansings, cleansing the body of, of negative energies that a person may be carrying, uh, especially with post-traumatic stress syndrome. Mm. 
that people have had trauma and they don't know how to deal with them, but we find that very effective. And we're beginning to do more research now. I'm working with some researchers in medical school to, to, to show that it can't, some of these uh, medications if they're done correctly in therapies can be very therapeutic. Yeah. How do we get people to open up their mind to the fact that like when, when you said sweat lodges, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will go, well, that just sounds crazy, right? Why, why should I do that? Whereas my point of view is, why not, right? It's always a risk benefit. If we know that you can just go to a sweat lodge and, and the risk is very minimal and it may help, why not try it, right? And then well, in the future, as we get sure. data, hopefully which is what we liked in the med- in the medical world to the the modern medicine world to say oh evidence based medicine uh, hopefully we have lots of data to to prove this stuff in the future but how do we overcome a lot of the skepticism that that is out there now well i'll quote uh, dr andrew Weil uh, from the university of arizona who was I call him the guru of traditional medicine yep. uh, he's a physician and he he says if it doesn't hurt it could help yeah, so I if love it that. doesn't hurt you, it could help you. Yep. I mean, what do you have to lose? Um, so yeah, uh, I think that um, we we can't. If you're not insured in this country, it is difficult to get good treatment. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the fact. The World Health Organization has endorsed traditional medicine in many countries. They say it's better to that have traditional medicine than no medicine at all. Mm-hmm. So I think if it's done correctly, and I, and I repeat, if it's done correctly, it could be very beneficial. And if it's jo- done jointly with modern medicine, it can work with some people. And I said some. Uh, some people, it's, it, it won't work. But my classes have become very popular. I started with 30 students 20 years ago. Now I've got over 200 students that come from all over for a two-week class in the summer. Wow. Um, my Coursera classes, which are free, always have a good number of students that there's a lot of interest. I, I think people want to know more about traditional medicine, mm. whether, whether they practice this or not, it's for information purposes. A lot of young people are reclaiming their culture, especially if you're Hispanic, if you're Asian, if you're African-American, because this is what their ancestors were using years ago. And it's for information purposes to reclaim what what sometimes they think they've lost, but they, it hasn't been lost. It's yeah. still being practiced all over the world. Yeah. So for physicians, I think this is a great topic to to understand um, because it is culture, and it's and, and culture supposedly is everything or the best of everything, and this is the best of their culture. That was their first medicine: is plants, basically. Yeah. And uh, and even nowadays, a lot of medications are derived from plants. Yep. Yeah, and, I, I don't. I don't think enough people actually understand that whole process. That that there are likely teams out there right now walking through a forest somewhere that that hasn't been walked through very much, looking for new plants to derive medications from. Right? Who knows yeah. what secrets these plants may have that we haven't even discovered yet? Yeah. Uh, either a, a mushroom or a certain plant uh, in the rainforest that may cure cancer or some other illness that we're still having challenges with. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely out there. How can a student 
start to, so a student listening to this going, okay, I, I want to explore some more. What would you recommend that student do to start to dip their toes into this world? Let me give you my email. <laughs> All so right. I'll soon send me email. You're, asking, you're asking for a lot of trouble. <laughs> sure. It's Cheo, my nickname, C-H-E-O at U-N-M, University of New Mexico, dot E-D-U. Right. I will send a link to our free Coursera classes. There are four classes. The first class is healing with plants. The second class is healing the body, all types of heal, uh, treatments for the body. The third class is using energy for healing. And the fourth class is Global Perspectives of Traditional Healing, where we start with African healing. I work with two Af groups from Africa, from Uganda and from Gabon, and Afro-Latino from Cuba, from Puerto Rico, and then from um, Peru, um, from Guatemala, and then a lot of Mayan traditional healings. So those are four short classes. They're free. If you audit the class, if you want a certificate, I think they'll charge you $40 for a certificate for each course. But if you don't want to pay the $40, then just audit the class. And I think you'll learn a lot. And if you're really serious and want a, a very intensive class, then I offer a two-week class every summer. This time it'll be in July, July the 12th, 13th through the 24th. Uh, and if you don't need the credit, you can sign up through continuing education and you spend two weeks at the University of New Mexico, stay in the resident halls and the dorms, uh, and you'll have a lot of fun. You'll learn a lot. We'll do some hands-on and we bring healers from Mexico, from Guatemala, from other countries, and we have a lot of fun. So there's two ways to learn more about this topic, the, the free Coursera class or, or the two-week uh, course in the summer here at the University of New Mexico. And if you really, if you have the time, medical students don't seem to have the time. <laughs> There's no time. Their, their schedule is so tight. Yep. But if they have the time, if they're pre-med, they haven't started medical school yet, they can come in the summer for a couple of weeks mm -hmm. and take my class and even get college credit if you need the credit. If you don't need the credit, then you can register to continue in education. I make it very um, useful and accessible for, for students to take the class uh, and, and have fun while they're in New Mexico. We'll do some sweat lodges in the evenings and, uh, <laughs> and some hands-on. We'll learn about Ventosa's uh, cupping, the, the Mexican, not the Chinese cupping, but Mexican yeah. cupping. Uh, they learn how to make medicine with plants, dry plants or fresh plants. We'll do an herbal walk at the Botanical Gardens in Albuquerque uh, for half a day with some top herbalists. And, and, and most important, they'll meet some wonderful, wonderful people and students from all over the country that are here for this class. Yeah. As we wrap up here, what what is one takeaway that you want every future physician to really understand about cultural competency and, and traditional medicine? My, my comment is learn your pay, learn about your patients. You know, find out where they're coming from and why they do the things they do. And in the cultural competencies, uh, I think they can they can spend a little bit of time and, and know more about their their patients. And I think this is what we're trying to do to to teach future physicians, nurses, uh, PAs, uh, occupational therapists to know. And you know what? Medical schools are very open now. 
They're very open to learning more, to teaching the future physicians cultural competencies. Now, we're also talking about taking groups of students to, to Mexico because it's right here mm -hmm. to learn more about their medical programs and their patients and know a little bit about traditional medicine. And you become a better physician when you know their, your patients and where they're coming from. And also keep your patients healthier. We start by teaching healthy lifestyles, yeah. uh, diets and how to eat correctly and how to prevent illnesses. Uh, there's not much difference between traditional medicine and modern medicine. Basically, yeah. the concept is basically the same. You want to keep your person healthy and, and how to recognize charlatans that are out there, you know, trying to, to take people's money. And this is what, what we're trying to do. Of course, we're trying to educate people. All right. There you have it again, Dr. Cheo Torres from University of New Mexico. He has an amazing TED Talk that we will link to as well. And again, check out his Coursera course or courses that are free to take if you don't want a certificate. And if you do want to spend some time at the University of New Mexico during the summer, the dates for that 2020 summer class is July 13th through the 24th. Go check out all of those links in our show notes at premediers.com slash three. 80. If you haven't checked out my YouTube channel, go check that out at premed.tv. We have a great, great video that was just released on Monday as this episode is coming out. A great conversation with a, a medical student who went on an Atlantis fellowship and what she learned about Atlantis, how she found out about Atlantis, how her and the fellows that she went with, or the other students on the fellowship with her, how she talked to them and, and how people afforded to go on these fellowships. So really great conversation. If you've been thinking about shadowing abroad, go check out that episode on my YouTube channel, again, premed.tv. And if you don't know what Atlantis is, I did have a conversation with Lawson from Atlantis in episode 318 of the Premed Years. That's premediers.com slash 318. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Premed Years. This is MedEd Media.